Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Back to the Six Rings podcast family for another prospect preview podcast with our friend Chris Scheim. I'm Andy Jumbo Hart, and today we are going to jump into another big need for the Patriots, exciting potential top half of the draft need for the Patriots and maybe even the 14th overall pick. We are talking cornerbacks because Chris shime time shime. The Patriots do not necessarily, or maybe they do. Maybe we can have a little quick discussion here about the Patriots cornerback depth chart. They, a year ago, they let JC Jackson walk. That was after they had traded away Stefan Gilmore. They went from having two pro bowl number one cornerbacks to, Oh, what do we have? Jalen Mills, was the de facto number one cornerback for a year plus-ish. Then last year, we had Jonathan Jones move to the outside. We had Jack Jones come in as a mid-round rookie, have a nice rookie season, but then he's suspended late in the year. Jonathan Jones re-signs. Jack Jones is no longer suspended. Bill Belichick said at the owners' meetings, that's done, that's over with. So where do you put the need for a cornerback? A, do they have a number one cornerback, or do they flat out have to find a number one cornerback sooner rather than later? So I think they believe that they have their number one cornerback in Jonathan Jones. And I think Jonathan Jones is a good corner, but he's not like a legit number one, not your normal Bill Belichick number one corner, right? You look back at his history. He's always had one, whether it was Ty Law, Akib Tlaib, Asante Samuel, Darrell Rivas, Stefan Gilmore, uh, Malcolm Butler, JC Jackson. You can go through them all. He had one and he designated them as such. Um, So I, As of right now, I believe they think Jonathan Jones is their number one. I don't think that he's, I mean, out of all those guys I just named, he's probably what at the bottom of that list. Like I, 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 it's, it's really hard to, he's as he's closest to maybe like Malcolm Butler, maybe, but yeah. (laughs) And so I do think it's a position of need. I think they have, it's weird. They're, they don't have any great talent at that position. Like it's not like a, a bountiful position, but I think there's some depth there, right? I think between Jonathan Jones, you brought back Jalen Mills, but he'll probably play a lot more safety this year, even though you could probably kind of use him at corner. I hate Miles Bryant. I don't know why he's still on this team. They RFA tendered him. He's still going to be on this team. He stinks. I think they should ship him out of here as fast as possible. Um, Marcus Jones is reportedly going to be playing more corner. I believe this year, probably maybe a little bit less offensive weaponry, more cornerback. I know he said that he is a cornerback. Uh, and then Jack Jones has shown some promise in spots, but 
I, I think you need a tone setter. I think you need a number one guy. For me, cornerback should absolutely be in play at 14. Like, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Um, it's one of my top three needs. If I'm a New England Patriot, uh, if I'm in that front office, that this is one of the positions of need uh, that I want to address at some point in this draft. And we can get to it, but this draft is deep at corner. So I actually, I don't expect them to go corner at 14 just because I think Belichick is going to look at it and be like, well, I have this guy similarly ranked. I can get him day two. Why splurge on Joey Porter Jr. at 14 when I can wait and get another guy here in the second round uh, and then take a different position in the first round? So I absolutely think corner is their biggest need. Um, and I think there are some names on the depth chart, but as you mentioned, Jalen Mills, first of all, should be a safety, should be a sort of chess piece in the back end, should not be a number one corner, miscast. Uh, Jonathan Jones should be a slot corner. He's absolutely miscast if you believe him to be your number one 100%. corner. Plus, he's north of 30. Plus, I don't know, go put the tape in of the Bengals game and watch a number one receiver mm. named T. Higgins bitch slap him and treat him like a child on the play. And that right. wasn't even Jamar Chase. No, That's no, no, no. Higgins. Um, so uh, unless you are all in on Jack Jones, a hundred percent sold that Jack Jones is going to develop into an elite corner, which I don't really know how you could be at this point. To me, this is their biggest need. I think they need to go get that corner that you were talking about. Now, the, the two things that would argue against taking a corner at 14, which I am very much open to, I am yep. very much open to if a couple guys are on the board considering them, but the argument against it is twofold. And you sort of articulated them loosely. One, there's a ton of corners in this draft. You're going to get a crap ton. good talent in day two, maybe even early day three, uh, potentially starting caliber cornerbacks. I think Mel Kuyper has it somewhere in north of 30 NFL cornerbacks in this draft. Yep. And then the other argument or, or sort of an argument that coincides with that one is a lot of the names you mentioned as the number one corners Belichick has had over the years are not high picks, are guys that he had developed from the mid-rounds, guys that he developed from undrafted. A um, little bit in there, he went and got a couple in Darrell Revis and Aqib Tlaib and some of those guys. But, you know, the the only real number one first-round corner they took was Devin McCourty, and he was only a corner for one year before he had to move to safety because he stunk at Thank corner. Um, so I, I let's put that to the side, though, because I do want to talk about, with some passion, the top of the draft and the yeah. top corners in the draft. And I'm going to tell you right out the gates, I have two that I think are, I would have on my board at 14. Um, I, I have three. Okay. So my number one corner is Christian Gonzalez. I think he's awesome. I think he okay. is an absolute stud in the making. 6'2", 200. So 6'2", you go, who's 6'2"? Little, little taller than the typical Patriots corner like it. That's also why he's more valuable uh, near the top of the draft. But he is a guy, Colorado, then transferred to Oregon, wore yep. number zero. If you see any highlights of a guy <laughs> wearing number zero in the many, many, many different Oregon uh, jerseys, that's Christian Gonzalez. Um, four picks last year. I think he has the total package. I think he has the size. I think he has the quickness and the speed. He just looks like a true number one NFL cornerback to me. Like, look, you know, they say looks the part. Yes. I see Christian Gonzalez. I say he looks the part, and I could see him being coached up into the part in New England. Yeah, look, I'm not going to tell you that there is a sauce gardener in draft in this draft. I don't believe that. I do believe though that Christian Gonzalez is the best corner in this draft, uh, and I think he's really, really good. He's a he's different. He's probably better in zone coverage than I think he is in man um, because I, I he is. So freaking athletic, man. This kid can fly. Uh, he runs like a 4.3840. He has like Olympic track quick 
quickness. Like he is that good. Um, and, and so I think zone coverage really kind of plays to his strengths better than man coverage, which is why I actually don't think he would be number one on Bill Belichick's draft board. Uh, he is absolutely number one on my draft board if I am just building a team, but I don't believe he's number one on Bill Belichick's draft board. Uh, that's probably fair. Another thing I would say is he has the measurables. He also seems to have the instincts and that would make yeah. him a good zone corner. Uh, as you alluded to, I also am not really sure what the Patriots are anymore. They were traditionally a man True. coverage team. I don't know. This would be a bigger picture question that I don't know the answer to as the trends develop in college football defensively. Where is that going in terms of talent? How does that affect the Patriots and all of that? Um, but I like Christian Gonzalez. I, I would very much consider taking him. If he is like, at 14, I think you should consider yourself lucky to be able yeah, to take him. At I'm not sure he will be. I think I saw one I today either. where he's going in the middle of the top 10 uh, yep. to somebody, maybe the the Colts in there somewhere. So like that. So he his stock seems to be very high and maybe only rising as we get to draft weekend. Uh, my other draftable uh, cornerback at number 14 overall for the Patriots would be uh, Devon Witherspoon from Illinois. Yes. Bingo. Um, this is the guy I believe would be number one on Belichick's board. Electric, physical kind of has a little tweener safety look to him loves to hit loves yeah. to be explosive um so I, I i love watching him play he's a four-year player for them and remember who coaches at illinois right now brett bielema so there oh, could be a little I didn't bit even of a, get that connection i won't call it a pipeline prospect because he just got there recently and and witherspoon's actually been there a couple of years but yeah, but it's like that saving connection it's connection the same thing. yeah 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 and, and even better because i mean bielema's two years away from having been on Bill Belichick's staff, like the modern yeah. Steve Belichick, Gerard Mayo defense. He was in those meeting rooms yeah. as they look at a guy like hmm. Devon Witherspoon. I Buck. never even, I never put those two dots together. So well That's done. why we're here. Yep. Two minds is better than one. That's what they say. Always. See, if it had been just you, you would have just done a podcast. You wouldn't have mentioned Brett Bielema. Um, <laughs> he's an All-American. Uh, he closes like, I don't know who I want to compare. I don't want to say Troy Polamalu. I think that's like the, the, the actual like hall of fame epitome of a, a, a rocket that closes but run or pass witherspoon clo is closed like i would be scared to death like yeah. head on a swivel with this dude if if you throw me the ball as a quarterback it better be timely it better put me in position to run for my life because this jackass is coming to kill me and knock my head off yeah this guy is awesome he is so physical and i think that's one of the things that would uh be attractive to the patriots about him is that he is not afraid to come down and play in the run like he is he will come down and he will hit and he is not afraid he's not going to be afraid of a guy like Derrick Henry or Najee yeah. Harris or any nope. running back or Jonathan Taylor he's going to come up and he's going to fight with you and he's going to hit you in the trenches and I think Belichick would would relish I think the front office in general macro and his people would relish that um, because that's something that I don't think you really have on this team I, you don't have a especially at corner, you don't have a tone setter. Like this guy is a right. tone setter. He is going to be physical. He's going to be aggressive. And if you get back to Belichick's roots of playing man coverage, he's probably the best one suited to play like pure man on defense. Whereas Gonzalez, like I said, I think his strengths are a little bit more zone. I think Witherspoon is, he's just, he's sticky in man and he's physical and he's fast. And so those three things, I mean, those can be disruptors massively uh, in the NFL game. Okay, so there's two names we like. There's another name I don't love, and it's a name that's a famous name. It's been actually uh, mocked to the Patriots starting a couple months ago. I feel like this was a really popular yeah. Oh, yeah. early mock. And that's uh, Penn State's Joey Porter Jr. Yes, that Joey Porter, yep. uh, Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, 1999 out of what, Colorado, I think it was? Joey Porter? Yeah, sounds about right. Either Colorado or Colorado State, I forget. 
might be Colorado back when they were cheating with Christian Fourier and Cordell Stewart <laughs> and all those people. Um, Joey Porter, four-year player for Penn State. Um, I'm looking at my measurables. I don't know if I updated him about 6'2", 200. So he's got some good size. Yep. He's fine. Like, I think he's a solid corner. I just don't think he's a consideration in the top half of the first round. And I don't know for sure he's going to be a number one NFL cornerback. That's my yeah. concern. So the I kind of get Antonio Cromartie vibes from okay. him. Um, so like really good NFL corner yep. that could probably have like a 10 plus year career, but may not necessarily be necessarily be your like stud number one. Like he was a number one on those chargers teams, but he, he was never going to be, he's never going to be like a, a key to leave or a Sante Samuel or any of those guys. Um, so I, I think Joey Porter is really, really good. I think he's really talented. I think he's probably better than anything you have on this roster right now. I would consider taking him at 14. I think he's pretty damn good. Uh, he would be a good building block. And the thing that I love the most is the length, man. Those arms, like he could bear hug a friggin' uh, a, a, a fire truck. Like he has such long arms. And he just envelops receivers with those things. Like, and it's And it makes it so easy for him. And I think at times he needs to get better about being better about this, but it allows him to kind of free will a little bit when the ball's in the air, he can, it's almost like sometimes he can't, he can be a little lazy because he knows he can get those arms up anywhere. Um, and if he is more committed to his coverage, I, I mean, I, I think this kid could be unstoppable at times. Ooh, unstoppable says Chris Shime time shine. Um, couple questions here. First of all, his quickness to me, he's got speed. Sometimes his lateral quickness looks like it's in question to me. Yep. Um, and then the other thing I want to ask is more of a philosophical thing that I always write down, but I don't know what I really care about. He had one interception and it's one of those production things. And it's like, cause there's some other guys in this class that are ball Hawks that just find their way around the football, end up with multiple picks per year and yep. over their career. Um, do you take that into account at all when you're assessing cornerback play at the college level? Yeah, I do. Like, I think it matters. Um, but at the same time, when you look at interceptions for cornerbacks in general across college football and the NFL, what 50% of it is luck sometimes, right? It's just about being in the right position. It's about um, watching and having your eyes on the quarterback and not necessarily on your receiver and, and being able to play just kind of where the ball's going. You just... It's sometimes it's an instinctual thing, right? And I think the way Joey Porter Jr. plays, it's very similar. Um, it's like if you combined Antonio Cromartie, like the body almost of Antonio Cromartie with um, uh, Xavier Howard on the Miami Dolphins, where there's there's a, been a couple times where Howard just has like no, no interceptions in a season, but everybody recognizes how good of a cornerback he is because, but he is like a legit number one corner in the NFL. And so... I think there's times reporters like that um, where I just think he is enveloped in who he is covering and it's not necessarily a focus on the quarterback. And so for him, it's more uh, physicality and pass breakup than it is attacking the ball. And I think that's something that he can adjust to. Like, I think that's something that he can get better at. So these are the top three corners, as you mentioned, unlikely they're going to be as good as sauce Gardner because sauce Gardner came in as a rookie and was one might of the be best the best corner, corner in the league. Right. In the NFL. Um, but if they're taken in the first round, top half of the first round, they're going to be expected to be true number one corners. Now, my guess is they won't be. That just law of averages, the way the draft works, not all three of these guys will be true number one corners. If you could have just one, 
Who do you think, and and obviously some of it is where you land, coaching, different aspects, opportunity, but if you were all in, I can only have just one, who am I taking? Yeah, I want Christian Gonzalez. I just think he has the best all-around game, the speed, the size, the quickness, the instincts. He has everything, and I I just think he is the best one, and that's that is, if I had the opportunity at 14 to draft any of the three, that's absolutely the guy I would go with. Okay, so we got to talk about a guy. So we're, I'm not saying this is next in line. We might get into Deontay Banks from Maryland, who I think is yes, in the I would like to. Um, but I need to talk about Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. Yes, we do. So I would call him <laughs> a the anti uh, Joey Porter in terms of production. Mm-hmm. Dude just ends up with the ball, but um, also just a very strange makeup at six foot one. Yep. I believe this is right. 166 pounds. That is correct. Andy, this is the first time a corner, I believe, has weighed in at that size uh, since like 1996 or something. All right. Like so, that. what do we make of it? Because he's good. Mm, it's tough. It's an anomaly, man. Like, it's, I agree with you. He's, he's talented. He has really good instincts. He's fast. He's long. But, oh, man, he is, he could get bullied by guys like Devonte Adams would eat him for lunch. I feel like just physically at the line of scrimmage, I don't know how he keeps up with NFL wide receivers. Um, it, it's, and it's not, I guess it keep up is the wrong word because I, I think he would need to play a lot. Like it's hard. It, it's that San Francisco, that classic San Francisco or Seattle zone style defense. I think he would thrive in, um, because I, I don't think he needs to be pressed at the line of scrimmage a lot, but the issue is, is teams that are going to get their ball, the ball to the receivers quick, uh, you know, teams like Kansas city would just, I think, destroy him. Um, so I just want to point out, he is not afraid. He, he no, doesn't play no like means. he's afraid to get hurt. He sticks his nose in there. He's around the ball. Um, you know, I mentioned he had 14 interceptions in his career, six touchdowns. I think he had three touchdowns last year, all American, the production is without question, but that number one, six, like it's terrifying. That's ridiculous. It is terrifying. And, and so for me, a team that I think makes sense for a guy like this is a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, where it's like, all right, I have Darius Slay and James Bradbury. I don't need a top end corner, but I need a third corner. I need like a nickel corner. Uh, I, I can take a shot on this guy and where he's not drawing, you know, Jamar chase, uh, Devonte Adams, Justin Jefferson, and he's drawing instead. You know the, the Khalif Raymonds of the world. I, I, that's where I feel like he could at least start to have success. And NFL teams would put weight on this guy in an instant. Like you could get him by the end of his rookie year. He could probably he'll probably be a one eighty plus. And he has some speed to quote unquote lose if he loses that. I mean, he ran a four three forty. So yeah, kid flies. So like that's my thing. Like bit. there's room for girthy growth. Here that NFL teams will know how to properly put on. Excuse me. Uh, yeah. Yes. Not height growth, girth growth. And, uh, and, and I think NFL teams will properly Excuse know me. how to do that. But from the onset, drafting a guy that weighs 166 pounds is a unheard of and be terrifying. I also think he could be good. I think he could like a team like that, right. that drafts him to just be one of the corners in our corner room kind of thing could then find out like, Oh yeah, he's one of the corners in our corner room. One of the best corners in our corner room. Like he, I think. Well, yeah, two three years huge. from now, you could be like, all right, by Darius Slay, we have Emmanuel Forbes, and, yeah. and like that's that's the kind of you know mentality you could have with him.
Okay, you get to bring up the next name. Who's the next name on the chime time list of names? Yeah, the next name I want to bring up is Keely Ringo out of Georgia. Um, okay. Uh, another guy that I think the Patriots could have some interest in. Uh, Ringo's weird in that you've seen him mocked in all different kind of positions. I think lately the uh, the trend is he doesn't even go in the first round, which if you're a Patriots fan should be kind of exciting because I, I think there's a good chance if he's around day two that the Patriots make a move to try and get him on this team. Like if he lasts into pick... What will that be? 41. I wouldn't be shocked if Belichick tries to jump up four or five spots and grab this kid after going a different position in the first round. Um, I think Keely Ringo has a lot of potential. He's very, I think he's very raw, right? Like I think he has the size 6'2, 207. He is a big boy, 4'3, 640, though. So this kid can still move. He's unbelievably athletic. Uh, like he is cut out of stone. Like he is like an Adonis. He mm -hmm. is this is this is good this is a good like athletic profile for a corner but he has some he has some work that needs to be done and i think with a coach like bill belichick in a system that is good for has been good for corners over the years i mean you've seen homegrown guys like malcolm butler and and jc jackson and, and succeed here uh i i think a guy like keely ringo could have a lot of success yeah i'm not as high on ringo as you are um he definitely has some impressive attributes but when I watch him on on the highlights and, and different video, I see bad change of direction. Change of direction seems to be an issue for him. And I wonder, is he, he also gets grabby, which generally comes with bad change of direction. You get caught yep. a little flat foot and you're like, uh-oh, grab something as it goes by, which you can get away with a lot more in college football than you can in the NFL. Those are flags most of the time um, in the NFL. I just wonder... If he's a corner, does he end up being one of those tweener type players that plays a lot of safety or five, six DB um, jobs? And look, he got destroyed by Marvin Harrison Jr. in that bowl game. I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to run away from it. I, I understand it. But at the same time, I think there's I think bowl games are kind of a lot of the times outliers for a lot of these players like. Jackson Smith and Jigba had 300 yards in a bowl game before. I don't, it, that doesn't make him my number one receiver. So um, I understand that Marvin Harrison Jr. kind of bullied him a little bit uh, in that bowl game. I recognize that. I understand it, but I just, I don't put a ton of stock in th that performance. I prefer to look at a lot of other things as well. Um, so Cam Smith, South Carolina, uh, yep. six foot 180 ish. I think a lot of people think is maybe a late first round pick. Who knows? Um, cause I do think the, the depth versus runs on corners, like who's going to say, well, yeah, there's a lot of corners in this draft, but there's only X number ones or X good corners and sort of where that break is. And then you take a uh, jump to the second group. Um, he's a ball Hawk, six career interceptions, um, 18 passes defense, very aggressive, um, I think he has pretty good instincts. I like how he breaks on the ball. He's another guy that grabs in the breaks at times, um, which I, again, a lot of people, Ty Law did. He went to the hall of fame grabbing. Yep. So like, I'm not yeah, saying exactly. that eliminates you. Um, I see Cam Smith as a good, not great corner. I think he's one of those upside for him. In my opinion is probably bad. Number one corner, good. Number two corner in the NFL. When it all shakes yep. out, like is he the 30th best corner in the league or whatever down there somewhere, but I, he can play. Yeah, like I, I think Cam Smith is really good. And I also think it depends on what year of the tape you watch. Like senior year wasn't quite as good. If you go back to his junior year, he had a QB rating against of 36.5. 
Like the kid is really good. That's another thing he has in his pocket is he has played a ton of games since his sophomore year. He's played 30 games in college. That's a lot of experience, a lot of time. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say um, that is actually something that jumped out to me, not just for him, but there are a lot of cornerbacks that have played a lot of football and that I think some of that is COVID in the way the last few years have gone because there was a while there that it felt like guys were like red shirt played a little, played 11 games, and then entered the draft. And you're like, yep. he's only played 15 total games of college Your football. Trey Lances, your Anthony Richardsons of the world. Yeah. have only played like one season. Right. There's a lot more players this year, a lot of cornerbacks who have three-plus years of starting experience, two-plus years of starting experience, which I think is good. I'm a big believer that experience is good. And now yeah. some of them, as you mentioned, I think it hinders them like a guy that has a really good two years ago in the old w- days. Okay. He enters the draft. Now he comes back. Now he's in college for longer. And Oh yeah. You say you like his experience, but now you're downgrading him because his experience wasn't quite as productive as it was. So I do think there's a little bit more um, breadth of, of tape on some of these guys because they've played longer. Yeah, th- that's fair. I-, I just, I think he, I think he's really good. I think he'll probably end up going in the back half of the first round. If I'm completely honest with you, like somewhere in that 20 to 31 range, probably. makes a lot of sense to me um, uh, for him. I-, I think he's really talented. I think you nailed it though, where he is probably a low end number one corner, but like if he's your number two corner, your defense is probably really good. Um, and, or at least your secondary is probably right. really good. Um, and so I, uh, I, I like Cam Smith a lot. Um, I don't think he'll end up a Patriot unless they trade down. Um, but, uh, it just because it, he, the, he'll kind of go in that no man's land between their picks. Uh, but I, but I do like him. I think, I think he has a lot of potential in the NFL. How about Clark Phillips, the third out of Utah, 5'10, 185, a little bit more of a traditionally sized Patriots corner. Um, Two-year-plus player, nine career interceptions, six in 2022, All-American. Um, I always love this when I read scouting reports, quote-unquote, oily hips, um, <laughs> which is always a good thing. Very um, different than uh, Cam Smith. Uh, yes. Uh, tracks, makes some breaks on the ball, has good hands. Uh, there's times when you watch him, he has a little bit of that, which I love this, and it is is film study and its instincts, but like run the routes for a guy where you're like, how yes. did it, like, it, it looks like he was the intended receiver on that play. Um, I like him. I think he is in that, you know, 20 to 30 range cornerback as a potential late first round pick. Um, and I think he has upside. I think if he was a little taller, he would be more well thought of because we start to get into the break here. Why five ten instead of six foot or six one? And and what's what does that matter? Yeah, so I I think the his size is kind of a big deterrent for me. So uh I saw five nine. I know you have five ten. I saw five nine. Nothing wrong with people that are five nine. Um, nope, there's nothing wrong with people that are five nine, Andy. I agree, but Marquise Noel, awesome. This Marquise Noel is phenomenal. I mean, no, he's no. he he's also like five six. He is definitely not. Yeah, I know that's even better. Um, which is awesome. But uh, so my issue with Clark Phillips is I, I, the third. I I think he's good. I don't think he'll go quite as high as you do. To me, this guy is probably late second round. Oh, I love him. Then if they um, get Zay Flowers in the first and Clark Phillips in the second call it a good draft for Andy. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I think his, his hips are great. Like he has really good, you know, hips don't lie. Shakira, Shakira Shakira. Said. Yeah. He has, he would be on the music video for hips. Don't lie. He can, his hips flip really well. He's really good at sinking low and doing that. Um, but I, I'm nervous that he could kind of get bullied. I think he'll get lost uh, and run defense a little bit. I don't, 
I don't know that uh, he, I mean, he would fit exactly the style of corner they have right now, I guess, which is a lot of undersized guys, in my opinion. I don't think the Patriots have one big physical guy. Um, and so if that's the style that Matt Groh is targeting, um, then I guess Clark Phillips would be the perfect fit. I don't particularly love him. I think he's good. I don't think he'll be much more. I mean, I, I think you're lucky if he is a high-end number two. I, I don't I don't think he is going to be a legitimate playmaker for anybody, really. Um, okay. I, I think he'll be good, but not like he'll be a guy that bounces around to a bunch of teams because he's he's good enough, but he's never going to be the guy. OK, here's a corner that I don't love, but I have a couple interesting notes about. First of all, I ran a four two six. His name is DJ that. Turner, Michigan. And I'm going to give you a pop uh, trivia question here. What does okay. DJ stand for? Uh, oh, I don't know. Um, You'll never get it then. Well, there you go for it. Tell me, what does DJ stand for, Andy? His name is Juan Drago. Yes, if you look at that, that would be JD. JD. But he goes by DJ. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> I love these little nuggets in the NFL scouting. <laughs> Juan Drago Tor Turner goes by DJ. Oh, um, my God. 5'11", 178. Um considered scheme diverse as i said four two six is nothing to sniff at um pretty active 17 passes defense in his career 10 of them last year he's another grabby guy though i actually don't think he's a uh i don't think he's a high-end nfl corner prospect i think he's sort of a, a depth chart cornerback yeah i i think he could be a low-end number two high-end number three uh, this is probably a late second round pick again, maybe early third round pick for me. Uh, I think he's had pretty good production. I mean, his two years, his sophomore, junior year at Michigan, it's uh, you know quarterback rating of 54, uh, quarterback rating against of 65. So there's at least some more consistency there compared to a guy like uh, Cam Smith. I, I like him. I don't love him. I would be happy taking a guy like this in the third round. Second round feels a little rich for my blood. Yep. But I think some team, just because I think a lot of teams are looking for corner in this draft. I think he might go in the back half of the second round. And you run a four two six, you get noticed. Yeah, exactly. Another thing that'll get you noticed at the cornerback position, and I'm quoting YouTube here, not myself. Okay. The next white cornerback question oh, mark. Yes. Riley Moss out of Iowa. Uh, he also fulfills what we were talking about earlier. Been at, uh, there a long time. Played for five years essentially. Six foot one, 193 pounds, four four five forty, and He's a he's a good college corner. I don't know if he's a good NFL corner. 11 career interceptions, three touchdowns, probably more of a zone guy. Yep. Um, I have questions about his burst and his recovery ability. Um, maybe I'm racist. Maybe I'm seeing his skin. I don't know. But I, I don't see him as the Jason Seahorn of this generation. Can I pitch something to you? And again, I don't want to pigeonhole him because he's a white guy, but could he make, in my opinion, I think this could be a candidate for, ooh, you don't fit at corner at the NFL level. Let's push you to safety. Indeed. And it's the Eric Weddle, the, uh, was it was it Jim Leonard or Brian Leonard, the uh, the Jets safety for years? Jim Leonard. Jim Leonard. Yep. Uh, or even like the, like I said, like a Devin McCourty type where it's like, I j you're just not having a lot of success at corner that I want you to have. Let's push you to safety. Uh, and I think he might have some success there, right? Like he might be, I think he could be a, a very big contributor on special teams. This is a guy that you're going to draft in the fifth, sixth round that could easily come in and be a day one contributor on special teams and then maybe get some reps at safety and turn into something that 
could be at least of some production, especially if somebody goes down with an injury. Yeah, I don't hate it. And as you start to get in the middle rounds, I think that's what you're drafting is like, yeah, especially players, versatility. Oh, he can play a little corner, little. I mean, rich man's Miles Bryant. It wouldn't surprise me if Miles Bryant's more of a safety this year than a corner for the Patriots. You mentioned him early, the RFA. Like, yep. they don't have a lot of free safety types, and he could end up in that role. Uh, I did want to swing back around. I don't want to shortchange uh, Deontay Banks out of Maryland. Um, only two career interceptions. Um, the bulk of his past defenses in his career came last year. Um, I see him as a solid player, but nothing spectacular. Um, yeah. I think he's a second-round type pick. Um, I would not want to see a first-round pick used on Deontay Banks, but uh, what are your thoughts on him? So I think he's going to go in the first round. Um, I don't like it. Possibly. I think well, I think he'll. I think he's going to get drafted by the Washington Commanders, if I had to guess, okay. uh, in the first round. And so that's just after the Patriots, probably right around what is that, 16, 17? Somewhere I think. in there, yeah. Um, I think that probably sounds about right, just because I think they're going to look at it and go, Ugh, the top three corners are off the board. I still really want corner. I'm going to go Deontay Banks. Uh, or Cam Smith, I think, would probably be their choice there, one of the two guys. I like Deontay Banks. I don't love him. Um, I think he has potential. I think he has a lot of upsides. He has the size that I want. He can run, defend, he can tackle, he's physical. Um, so th there's that thing. I agree with you. The grabbiness, those kind of things don't necessarily translate sometimes, but I also think that those can be, uh, taught out and he can, he can be better than that. Let me ask you a, a philosophical question as we Please. wrap up the six rings and prospect things, uh, podcast review here of the cornerback position. I know you want, um, confidence in your picks. If you're a GM, you're picking people, you want confidence. But do you look at, and we mentioned it a lot throughout this, and we will every year, the bigger corners. There's always the, well, if he's a bigger corner, if he's good, it's a jackpot because big corners are the best you can have because they yep. have the versatility. They have that extra length, as you said, to maybe get beat, but still get back in the play. All of that, play the run. Do you, do they get overdrafted? Or if you have two that are close, do you take them saying, well, the upside is more and the downside is more because the downside is maybe I can put him at free safety. Worst case scenario, I can have him covering kicks, playing special teams at 210 pounds or whatever he is, 6'1", 210. Whereas if there's a 5'9 corner who weighs 180 pounds, he either needs to be a really good cornerback for me Yep. or dot, dot, dot. I don't really know what else he is. So I think there's a really good comparison here. Um, I think you look at a guy like Keely Ringo, who we talked about. You don't necessarily love him. Yep. I like him a lot. Uh, I like his size, athleticism, and ability there. And I think there's a lot of room for growth. And then you look at a guy like Travius Hodges Tomlinson out of TCU. Like this guy is 5'8", 178. He's small. Like if he was three or two or three inches bigger, he would probably be the number four corner on my board. Like the kid can play football. Like it's that simple. He's really good. The issue for me is, though, if I'm drafting philosophically, I'm going to lean Keely Ringo because I think there's a higher ceiling. I think athleticism and size at cornerback in the NFL is a really, really important thing. You just don't see a lot of undersized corners have great success in the NFL, especially right now with how good wide receivers are. Um, so I, I think there's a place for guys like Travis Hodges Tomlinson's because he's a playmaker and in today's NFL, again, if you make plays, you're going to find a job somewhere. Uh, if the ball finds you, you'll find a job is kind of how I look at it when it comes to cornerback right now. But for me personally, from a philosophical perspective, I would lean towards the guy with bigger, with better size and athleticism, just because I think that a lot of these things can be taught and he can, the ceiling is higher. 
So is is he? Uh, you seem to be in love with uh, Hodges Tomlinson. Is, is he a mid round guy? You think is going to overperform his draft status because of yes. size issues? Yeah, I I think he probably won't even get drafted until the. Uh, I'd say probably in the somewhere in the third round. Um, and I think he'll be really, really good. I think he's going to have, especially right out the gate. I think he's athletic. I think he understands how to play the position. He's smart. And even being five, five, eight, five, seven is not afraid to be physical. I think this kid's got a lot of talent. I wish he was two or three inches taller. Don't we all, don't we all? That's why there's a song about it. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. It was a little bit taller. <laughs> um, so we, I think we're on the same page. Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon up near the top of the draft, really intriguing players, but a lot of depth at the cornerback position, probably some starters or impact names you'll see for the next five years drafted well into day two, maybe early into day three. Um, a lot of fun names, a lot of shapes and sizes, a lot of, uh, I mean, I, I, it doesn't get any more intriguing than, uh, what did I say? Six one one sixty six. I'm not going to get past this. Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State is the most interesting prospect at cornerback I've seen because I love him. I'm just I also think, scared to death to draft him. I also think too, just to throw two names out there, we don't have to go into them at all. But two names Patriots fans should keep an eye out if they are going to go t- uh, corner like in the third round instead of going earlier. Darius Rush out of South Carolina, Jalen Jones out of Texas A&M. Those are two guys that I would throw out there. Uh, SEC guys. Uh, great size, 6'2", 200 pounds, the both of them. Darius Rush runs a 4'3'6". I love that. And he wants to hit, which is awesome. Uh, so uh, so those are just two guys' names I would throw out there for Patriots fans if you're looking for a mid-round corner. And Jalen Jones out of A&M, I would also include in that tweener safety mix. And as the yep. Patriots look Definitely. to kind of fill the void of Devin McCourty, and it's going to be multiple bodies, maybe some on the roster, some off. Maybe that's a guy they take as an eye on. A flyer. Early- early on in your career you're that free safety type will take you know some advantage of your size but you have some cornerback tendencies and and some of those things so very interesting cornerback position very interesting prospects and very much a position of need for your new england patriots in april's draft they have the 14th pick we can all dream of christian gonzalez but who knows what bill belichick will do he always finds a corner so maybe he'll decide he can find a corner late in the draft for Chris Shime Time Shime, I am Andy Hart. That's another Six Rings and Prospect Things podcast in the books. We will continue chugging along towards draft weekend. Next up, running backs. See you soon. Can't wait. See ya. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.